Welcome back to the Restorative Grief Podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Capehart. Today, I want to talk about the cover art for this podcast. I created it one Sunday afternoon in the heat of the moment. I had an idea and I needed to follow through immediately. If you know anything about me from my other work, you may know that I do not like to leave things half finished. The moment I had the idea for the concept of this podcast was the same moment I started designing the artwork. Don't worry about referring back to the artwork right now. The cover art is just a white background with a very simple two-line drawing of a face looking upward. Over the top of the head is a storm cloud, varying in shades of green and gray and raining right into the mind of the person in this picture. I wasn't sure if this artwork would be the best way I could create an invitational feeling about my podcast because I love finding podcasts with brightly colored cover art big, bold fonts, and hopeful imagery, especially when they address heavy topics. But honestly, there is so much hope in the cover I chose. If you are new to my work in the grief world, I want you to know, I'm really sorry that you have a reason to be here. But I am also very grateful to know that you're listening because that means you are finding movement in your own story of grief and healing, no matter how subtle it may seem. Grief literacy is necessary for every single human, no matter what drives us to start learning about how to navigate loss. Before my mom passed away in 2016, she purchased a bunch of t-shirts for me from a few local shops where she lived. One of them came from SeaTac, the airport in Seattle, which has a Life is Good storefront near the boarding gates. At the time, I remember opening the gift and thinking, Mom, this shirt is so cheesy. I will probably never wear it. (laughs) But I loved the sentiment, so I said thank you. I tucked that t-shirt away for years and thought little of it. Mom had a tendency to buy encouraging mantra-based gifts for us, so I have them all over my home. But after she died, I found that t-shirt, tag still attached, in the back of my closet. It is dark blue with an artistic rendering of a puddle in the middle of the shirt, and over the puddle it reads, Some people feel the rain, others just get wet. And yes, I know it's cheesy. Like I said, mom was all about cheesy, silly things in life. But I remember being so grateful the moment I uncovered this gift again. It felt like receiving it for the first time. So although I could have tucked the shirt away and saved that new gift from mom feeling for another day, I made the choice to start wearing it. The truth is, I really needed the reminder I'd been waiting through the unending puddles of my loss and experiencing no relief. I wasn't feeling any of the rain. I was just absorbing it all as it fell and starting to drown. And that's the thing about the rain. We can choose to feel annoyed by the sudden downpours, or we can embrace the disruption and feel the water splashing on our faces, dampening our hair, and refreshing our barren hearts. Learning to process our grief is similar. We have an active choice to make every time we face our losses. There are seasons where what I call the great slowdown of denial and self-preservation has coping techniques that are a mercy to our wounded souls. But if we continue to internalize those emotions instead of expressing what we need, we may well feel like we are drowning in our tears. But what about the risk we face in releasing our tears? 
Our faces may be swollen and red, and we will probably feel congested for hours following a good tear fest, but we are also allowing the dam to break. We are literally releasing the pressure to self-preserve and allowing our hearts to experience some relief. The things we believe are helping to keep us safe, like maintaining a stoic approach to life or a stiff upper lip, are actually the things preventing us from finding movement and inviting healing. So I decided to create cover art for this podcast that exemplified who I believe each of you might be, a person who is willing to feel the rain, to release the tears, and to allow the dam to break. We are working to become a generation of grievers who are willing to feel our feelings as deeply as we need to, for as long as we need to, because we know they are just feelings. They are not facts. When we embrace our feelings, we are embracing our humanity. We are not perfect, nor will we ever become so. But in our willingness to feel, we might just uncover a perfectly new and wonderful bit of healing for ourselves and our stories. If you're still not convinced that your heart can survive an in-depth feeling or crying session, take a moment to pause and listen to what I have to say next. I want you to consider what your tears actually do for your body. Science confirms that tears release dopamine and other chemicals to decrease our physical pain. Tears can flush the stress hormones from our system, help keep our eyes clean and healthy, and improve our vision. Crying can help us sleep better, enhance our moods, and signal to others that we need space or support. Tears restore our bodies, our minds, and our spirits. Being here as a part of this restorative grief community means that you are ready to start your own journey into restoration. And allowing yourself to cry your tears is a really big part of that process. Now, there are a lot of people who have something to say about crying. And honestly, so many of the quotes in the world around tears and crying are full of very toxic perspectives and misunderstanding about what it means to show our strength. We've even glorified the idea that some people just can't cry, like Cameron Diaz's character in one of my and my mom's favorite movies, The Holiday. So I want to share a hopeful quote from Sister Mary Margaret Funk. Great name. Hello. She is a Benedictine nun and American author who said, When the tears come, I am swimming in a hallowed stream. My heart is at work. My soul is awake. What she and I are both getting at is that allowing yourself to feel your feelings is like stepping onto holy ground. It is the place where you can acknowledge your humanity and limited scope of understanding, but also engage with the mystery of what may come on the other side of your tears. As much as it sounds risky, allowing yourself to cry means you will encounter hope. Before I let you go, I want to offer a simple blessing. May you recognize the places and people who can create safety for you to fall apart. May you feel your tears on your cheeks and know that each one is counted, precious, and full of healing. Thank you for listening today. 
I hope you are feeling at least 1% more hopeful and settled in your story than when you first hit play. And if that's the case, would you consider leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts? Your feedback means so much to me and helps me get the word out about this work and our grief community. And I want to say thank you to every one of you who has shared, promoted, or spoken with a friend about restorative grief. With each conversation, we are bringing more grief literacy and healing into the world. Until next time.